Welcome to our Moxie podcast series on professional sports. I'm your host, Roger Schmitz. Today we're going to talk about the developing role of technology in the NBA. We're going to talk about training philosophy, and we're going to talk about how muscle oxygen fits into both the technology role and the training philosophy role. So to talk about all this, we have Karim Virgil, who is an NBA performance consultant. Karim Virgil, thank you for joining us. Hey, thank you. Thank you for having me. So just to get things started off here, could you tell us just a little bit about what an NBA performance consultant does? Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess in order to answer that question best, um, uh, I think starting from the start might might be uh, might be better. So originally, uh, I started with Canada Basketball, um, and I was working uh, as a part of their men's high performance program. Um, so I was an athletic performance coach there, like like you mentioned, um, and just working with everyone from middle school all the way to our MBA uh, professionals. Um, and then as we've kind of seen this surge of, of Canadians in the MBA, um, it was kind of a, a natural segue into, you know, being able to support uh, our Canadians and, and, and guys that are now in the MBA uh, and doing a lot of the similar stuff that uh, I was doing with the national team, uh, and now just being able to deliver that on a on an individual or personal level. Oh, awesome, awesome! Yeah. So, um, so what kind of you know what what uh, what kind of work do you do with the athletes? Sure. So my my role typically um, is going to kind of be overall encompassing anything related to performance. So managing. Okay what we're doing from a uh, fitness standpoint or a, a strength and conditioning standpoint, standpoint um, traditionally speaking, and then managing kind of the recovery piece um, from okay. whether that's training or practices, games, um, or any anything that, that we're um, recovering from. And then also managing, uh, managing load managing kind of like all aspects of, of performance for uh, for the individual athlete okay so how does that work because you, you're not you're not like working for the nba or working for a team right so how does your mm-hmm. role like integrate with within the larger nba sure so the the first thing uh, i mean in my current position so i, I work for the athlete um, okay. That, that's kind of first and first and foremost um, is is my role is 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 directly with the athlete, um, but then just as just as a, a way to you know make sure that we're doing whatever's in the best interest of the athlete. A lot of times that's going to involve you know making the relationships, making uh, making sure that communication is is strong with the team. Um, every team does have their own performance staff. Um, and so a lot of times um, now it's, it's like making sure that, you know, I'm reaching out to the, to the team uh, and we have a open line of communication. I always try to be an, an open book, like, Hey, listen, uh, I, I work for the athlete. Um, but at the end of the day, there's, they, they have responsibilities to the organization, to the coaching staff, and everything like that. So I try to be a, as much of an open book as possible to say, 
here's everything we're doing from a training perspective, here's everything we're doing from a monitoring perspective, and share all that information with them so that when the athlete is either with the team uh, because they have uh, they have to perform particular uh, team activities that are mandated um, in, in their in terms of their practice schedule. Um, they have all the information necessary to kind of do what's best for the athlete, and then also for that individual performance performance coach or or the staff in general, they have all the information they need to be able to report to the to the coaching staff or, or the management or whoever uh, is kind of a, a stakeholder in terms of uh, knowing uh, relevant information. Um, so okay. my, my role is just always to be, be that liaison and then make sure that those guys have all the information they need to do their job and serve the athlete uh, to the best of their ability. Okay, so are you are you communicating like with the athlete and the and the team trainers on a daily basis or a weekly basis? Yeah, definitely a, da- a daily basis. Yeah. So, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we're um, I'm I'm with um, the athlete on a daily basis, and then we're communicating with the uh, with the team performance staff on a daily basis in terms of what's happening from a practice standpoint, um, what's happening in in the weight room. Um, if they're doing a team, uh, a team weight room session, um, and then, uh, also kind of what they're monitoring, um, from a, uh, a load perspective. With okay. So, so do, I mean, is it common, do, do most NBA athletes have a, uh, uh, have a performance consultant of their own or is it, is it only the elites or is it just the ones that prefer to do that? I think it's a pretty unique situation. Um, I don't think a lot of athletes have uh, someone like myself there day to day. I think a lot of guys have, you know, maybe a coach that they work with in the off season and then they're kind of communicating remotely um, during the season. Um, okay. But I don't think a lot of guys have, um, somebody there every day kind of driving performance. Um, I know there, there are a handful um, similar to myself, but uh, I would say it's a, it's a pretty unique, uh, unique position. Okay. Okay. So when we, when we first talked, this was a couple of years ago. Um, at that point, you were interested in using muscle oxygen data for uh, developing basketball players. Uh, so this was when you were at, um, at Canada Basketball. So could you maybe share a little bit about what you've learned about that so far? Yeah. Uh, so originally, uh, like you mentioned a couple of years ago, uh, I just thought that uh, monitoring muscle oxygen would be a great tool to throw into like our conditioning program or, or something okay. like that. Like mm-hmm. I, I figured, you know, we're, we're trying to get the most we can out of conditioning these, these basketball athletes. Um, so muscle oxygen seemed like a, a really good solution to be able to monitor the work that we're doing and, and make sure that we're actually getting the adaptations that we are saying that we're trying to get or, you know, that, that we're, we're after. Um, okay. th- that, that's what I would say initially was the, was what we were, what I was after. Um, okay. 
and I would say <laughs> I learned a lot. <laughs> I okay. learned a lot over 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 a couple of years where um and I think it, it's it's applicable to any technology. A lot of times there's so much technology out there. Um, sure, sure. It's it's easy to just like pick up a tool and just get enamored with the tool uh, per se and, and get kind of caught up in that world. It's much harder to have an overall, overall encompassing philosophy to which the technology fits into that philosophy seamlessly. Um, okay. and, and you're able to use that um, as, as a way to support what your, what your, key principles are and what your philosophy is from a training perspective. A lot of times it might sound, um, it might sound, I think a lot of times guys are just like chasing the technology and then it's like, I got this new shiny piece of equipment and now I'm going to figure out how to use it in my program. Whereas I think what I, what I learned over the couple of years is like, it should maybe be the other way around. It's like you should your oh, the technology should su- support what you have in place in terms of a training program or a training philosophy in general. So what's what's I mean just like uh, what's an overview of your training philosophy? Huh, that's a great question. That is a fantastic question. I would say, in terms of working with basketball athletes, um, my philosophy is how do we develop. Uh, an athlete's capacities to be able to meet or exceed what what is going to be demanded of them with their with their sport. So what is what is the game demands? Which I think this is another area that's often like I, I don't think it's really understood that well. Uh, I know in in basketball uh, it's it's not. Um, I think in other sports that that might not be the case, but I think in basketball we're still pretty new into understanding what the game of basketball even demands from an athlete um, in terms of what is, what is the load that we're putting on an athlete um, with their particular competition and and travel schedule. Um, So I think, but going back to what my, my training philosophy is uh, it's to be able to make sure that the athlete has whatever tools they need uh, from a physical capacity perspective to be able to meet those demands. So how does, how does the muscle oxygen fit into that? You know, how, how does that support that philosophy, the, the muscle oxygen monitoring? Yeah. Uh, I think one of the biggest things with basketball that I've seen is, um, a really dense competition schedule. Um, yes. So yes. because of, because of having a really dense competition schedule from such an early age, um, muscle oxygen for me has been really important in terms of making sure that we're taking advantage of training windows where we're not creating damage like tissue damage that's going to affect their competition schedule. Right. Um, it's like, how, how can I get the highest quality of work done and still allow them to go play tomorrow or yeah. to, to go on their next uh, AAU kind of circuit weekend, you know? Sure, sure. When we, we were talking earlier, uh, maybe we could come back to this. Uh, 
you know, you mentioned that, that this kind of the, with this COVID situation, we now have a huge window that we don't normally have. Um, so what, what, how does that affect what you're doing with the training? Uh, on a personal level, it's, it's still kind of, I think we're all dealing with uh, a certain level of, of uh, chaos or uncertainty. Um, sure. So we're still like, personally, we're still trying to stay ready for, uh, for the season. To, to, to be ready to come back and, and finish out uh, the season really strong and, and to be able to perform. So it's been unique from that perspective. Like we're not really into like off season mode, but, um, but from a muscle oxygen perspective, it's, it's still a lot of uh, the same things that I'm talking about in terms of like, we still have to get work done. We still have to train. Like you said, there there's a, a huge window of opportunity here, um, just because athletes have the chance to devote time to training that they might not have had before uh, with their competition schedule. So um, we have to kind of take advantage of that opportunity, but at the same time, we have to be ready to come back to the season. We have to be ready to, you know, perform and that's to me muscle oxygen fits right into there because uh like i said earlier how, how do you get the highest quality of work done with without um a lot of tissue damage or you know try to minimize however much tissue damage that you're that you're creating um and there might be there might be a time and place for that there might be a time and place for creating um tissue damage to to drive an adaptation right uh, right but right now a lot of times it's just like we got to be ready to go so um just maximizing what we're doing from a work perspective and make sure that we're getting high quality work in okay okay so just in general how do you see um just technology in general including muscle oxygen but maybe you know there's there's like you said there's a lot of technology out there how mm -hmm. do you see technology changing how athletes train at the nba level and it, just in my experience it seems like there's quite a range of how much technology different teams or different players use and yeah. you know so wh where do you see that going how, how do you see that changing moving forward i think that we've seen uh, a huge growth of technology uh, over the last several years with just like, you know, teams are, are employing sports scientists and, and bringing in tons of different technology or using external kind of technology companies to be able to test athletes, um, you know, in terms of, you know, force profiles and, and uh, all this, all this different great information that's available out there. Um, I think that as we, as we move forward, it's going to be imperative to have a compass, like have, have that philosophy and really understand what that philosophy is. And we'll, that compass then guides the technology. I think right now we're still in the phase of like technology is just running wild and, and okay. everyone's kind of enamored with the new shiny object, um, at least in the basketball world, I would say that. And then, I think at some point it, there's going to be kind of like the pendulum swinging back the other way a little bit and, and reining it in and understanding like more data is not always good 
like more information, more technology is not always a good thing. In fact, a lot of times it's it's going to create more confusion and more information. Um, I'm sure some a lot of people have said this before, and uh, I know it's definitely not not an original thought, but uh, to me it was always like you put more information or more technology in the hands of a average coach and it's a recipe for making them worse not better you know whereas uh, okay if you, it, whereas if you put technology in the hands and and data or information let's say in the hands of of a of a good coach of, of a someone who's a master of their craft already now that mm-hmm. becomes a tool that supports what they were already doing and helps them take it to the next level so, so i think creating that compass or or that filter, so to speak, is going to be imperative moving forward. And so that's that's kind of something I wanted to ask you about. Is is uh, and you're, you're kind of going there. Is do you see this technology in general making the the trainers or the coaches um, more important, or you know, or maybe less important? Um, and uh, and um, you know, and and maybe how do you see that role changing? You know, is it is it is it going to be more critical to be a master? It sounds like that's kind of the direction you're going. Yeah, I think it's. I think it makes the role of the coach more important. Um, I can't tell you how many, um, you know, performance staffs I've seen that you know might buy a piece of technology, and then because the coach, you know, maybe didn't have the time to even pick their head up and understand what the technology can provide them, um, that it just ends up in a closet somewhere. You know. Sure. Sure. So I. Th- I think. The, the boom of technology makes uh, the value of a good coach even more so important. Okay. And then do, do you think like the, the role that you have as this performance consultant, is that going to expand? I mean, it, it seems logical that that would continue to expand uh, to kind of fill that gap of, of, uh, of uh, the ability to interpret all of this data. Yeah, I, I think so. I think that as more athletes become uh, educated or knowledgeable about uh, the power of some of these technologies and, and these tools and, and using them to their advantage, it, more people will want to have, you know, coaches like myself who, who are able to drive performance on an individual level. Uh, I think, I think you're going to see more and more of that just with uh, kind of the, the landscape of, of the NBA in general and kind of where things are headed. So if um, if there's a if there's a trainer or athletic trainer out there that maybe wants to uh, you know be, be a uh, be, be someone at your level, what recommendations would you have for them to to get there to kind of get uh, to, to get to the level you're at where you're you're working in the working at the you know the highest level of basketball? Right. I, I would say my advice to uh, a coach kind of aspiring to 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 be. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say necessarily a higher level, but to be at this level um, in terms of working in the NBA or working in professional sports in general, um, yeah. I think that um, the biggest thing is is to just spend time testing stuff, like constantly ask questions. Like I think so many strength and conditioning coaches now, you, you just try to copy paste. Um, or you try to like, let me try this program or that program. And I think you would be better served to just take a step back and like question everything and then, and then try to get results. 
you know and and i would say i i learned the most when i was kind of slapped in the face by technology you know um, how so um so like the first one for me was was a mega wave like uh, oh got, yeah yeah i got into a mega wave and and similar to like when i got into moxie like it challenged everything that i thought was happening from a training perspective so it okay. forced me to ask better questions it was like i i thought i was doing something uh in terms of creating an adaptation for training but these tools were telling me that maybe i wasn't or maybe maybe it was it was something other than what i thought it was um and i think that ability to be able to question everything and then just get results that will trump you know any uh shiny certification or or you know letters that you could put behind your name ah okay okay so what do you, what about um you, you know with the kind of the situation we're in right now uh, with remote training, you know, does does technology? You know, I, I I don't know if you can be with your athletes uh, on a daily basis even now, but I know a lot of trainers can't. Um, mm-hmm. Do you see this as being able to help those people that can't be with their athletes on a daily basis? Definitely, definitely. Um, as as long as um, the athletes are able to use the technology uh, remotely, I, I think it becomes an incredibly powerful tool in terms of being able to monitor the actual training process. And even more so now because um, you can't necessarily physically be in front of your athlete. Um, so now we have tools that, that you can use to be able to monitor exactly what's happening from a training perspective. Okay, excellent. All right, well, thank you so much for taking the time to, to share all that with us today. I, re- I really appreciate it. Uh, and and uh, best of luck. I, I hope the I hope the season can get back uh, get back going again safely uh, as uh, very quickly uh, at least as soon as possible. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. I hope so too. All right, take care. All right. Bye.